0: Thank you, you may be seated. Let's take God's Word together and just briefly turn to that New Testament book of John chapter 1. And this is one of those most famous passages we look at this time of year when we consider the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the theme of Christmas. John chapter 1 verse 14. Have you found it? This is the central message of of Christmas. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The first verse says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. This is what Christmas is all about. When you look at the book of Matthew, when Matthew records the account given of the birth of the Savior, the angel visits, if you remember, Mary and Joseph, and the angel says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, do you remember the word? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us, and the word was made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. So why was the word made flesh? Why did God put on flesh? I don't think it's any argument there, although there are many today who would argue uh, the deity of Christ, there would be many today who would try to say that Jesus is not God, but we see very plainly throughout scripture Just as we've looked at two passages that say very plainly, Emmanuel, Jesus shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's who Jesus is. John tells us the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh, which is Jesus. So why did God put on flesh? It's interesting to think Think about this for a moment. The only quality that God gave to man that he did not possess himself was flesh. Think about that for a moment. The only quality when God made man from the dust of the earth, the only quality that God gave to man that he did not possess himself was flesh. Quite an interesting thought. So he asked, Why was God made flesh? I believe God was made flesh for a couple of reasons. One, so that God might express himself to his creation. Think with me for a second. When the sculptor Wren expressed himself, he did it in granite. Turner expressed himself through oils. Michelangelo in marble Shakespeare with ink but God when he chose to express himself to mankind chose flesh as the supreme vehicle for the revelation of his love when God wanted to show you who he was he did it by taking a body 1 Timothy chapter 3 in verse number 16 the apostle Paul writes and says without controversy or controversy great is the mystery of godliness. Listen to it. God was manifest in the flesh. Let me read it again. God was manifest or revealed in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles Believed on in the world, received up into glory. God manifest in the flesh. God wrote his own divine autobiography with flesh and blood. Think about that. I've been told that the Swiss scientist Francis Huber, when he was just a little boy, stood with his mother at an anthill. And ants were running around frantically. Frantically obviously aggravated and annoyed by his presence. And he said to his mother, they're afraid of me. The little ants are afraid of me. And his mother put his arm around him and said, yes, but you would never hurt them. You are so fond of ants. He said, yes, but how can I let them know that I love them? How can I let ants know that I'm so fond of them? And he thought for a second and he said, the only way is if I became an ant myself. In the mind of a little child, thinking the only way to get a message across to those ants, being so far removed from them, was if he would become one of them. What an example of exactly what God chose to do to get a message to you and I by becoming a man, becoming a flesh and blood like us. How could an almighty God let you and I know that he not just is fond of us, but that he loves us? How could a great God let the world know that he actually cares and does indeed love us except by becoming a man himself? Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But God commendeth or demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. God proved his love for us. When he became a man, lived a perfect life, and then died for your sins. There's nothing quite so remarkable as flesh. Think about it for a moment. When a soul most aches for expression, speech oftentimes fails, doesn't it? Have you ever been there before? When you've wanted to express yourself to somebody, and you just, words couldn't do it. Have you ever been there before? I've spoken to people before, I'm looking at some of you and and you've said, look, that may not be the right way to say it. I've heard some of you say, I don't quite have the right words. Words can't possibly express sometimes, oftentimes, the deep feelings of our own heart and soul. In the crises of life, in the most difficult periods of life, we express ourselves not in stately diction, or eloquent words and vocabulary. No, but oftentimes we we express ourselves by the awkwardness of our body movement and by the trembling lips and the, and the redness of our cheeks when we get embarrassed. That's how we express ourselves, isn't it? We look for words, but words often can't be found. How much more do tears running down your cheeks, how much more do tears speak? And all the most eloquent words you could ever come up with flesh. These are vastly more eloquent than words. And so the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us so God could express himself to us. Do you know where many people get, get it wrong? They spend their whole days studying everything but Jesus. They make the great mistake of trying to study everything in the world, all the minutest details of creation, which is good. Studying all of the most beautiful things, even of human anatomy, the body, stars, perhaps, every scientific field imaginable, mathematics. They study everything but Jesus. If you want to know God, study Jesus. Jesus came to express to us who God is. Now, there's another reason the word was made flesh. Listen to this. We never really understand words until they are made flesh. Think about that for a moment. You and I, we never really understand words until they are made flesh. Now, I'm convinced of this because I've got seven children now, and I've, I watch them each learn to read, some of them anyways. Before a child is able to read, you can give them volumes and volumes of books. And they might as well be in hieroglyphics. Until a child learns how to read, all the books and words in the world mean absolutely nothing because words mean nothing to us until they are made flesh. What do you mean? Well, when Juliana sits down with when she sat down with Micah and then Hadley and then Titus and now Eliana, when she sits down and puts her arms around them and begins to explain the letters and points to pictures to make an association between a picture and a letter and then words somehow begin to make sense because words are made flesh. They're experienced. They're more than just scribbles on a page. Then children begin to understand. A few years down the road, Micah loves to read and and he's at a stage in his life now that he loves adventure. But he cannot possibly understand why every good adventure has a love story in it. It doesn't make any sense to him. He reads adventure after adventure and there's love story after love story. But give it a few years. And that word will be made flesh. And when he meets a young lady that he falls in love with. All of those words that he could not once understand will be very quickly understood because we don't really understand things until they're made flesh. We don't really understand words until it is made flesh and that is precisely why the word was made flesh because we don't understand God. Nor could we ever understand God unless the word was made flesh. A perfect expression of who God is. God in the flesh. Somebody once said that Jesus is the pronunciation of the unpronounceable word. Jesus is the pronunciation of the unpronounceable word. You look at a word and you look at this word. By the way, before I was born again by the Spirit of God, I read this and it made no sense to me at all. Just words. But when the word was made flesh in my own heart and mind, when I saw God for who he was and is through Jesus Christ, the word became alive in my own heart and mind. And today I now understand what what it means in Hebrews when it says the word of God is quick or it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword because the word has been made flesh in my own heart and mind. Unto me, a son has been born. Unto me, a child has been given in the person of Jesus Christ. It's interesting. You can look at creation and God reveals himself in a measure through creation, doesn't he? You can see his handiwork, especially on this side of salvation. We can look and see God revealing himself. But can I tell you this? A million universes would not tell me what Jesus has told me. God has revealed himself through prophets and poets of the Old Testament. And we read the story of judges and kings and prophets and amazing men. But no one ever, no, not a million prophets, not a million poets could ever show me what Jesus Christ has shown me. That's why the word was made flesh. And that's why Jesus stood up one day and said this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Because through Christ, we understand who the Father is. Through Christ, we actually want to get to the Father. By seeing Jesus and understanding the beauty of his character and who he is, we understand our need of God and we understand that God actually loves us. And he proved it by sending his son. That's why the word was made flesh. And today you might be here and you're not, maybe you're still a little confused about who God is. And the reason I argue the reason you are still confused about who God is is because you don't know Jesus. The only way to know God is through Jesus Christ. And maybe you think God is, you've got this awful picture of an angry God who hates humanity and cannot wait to judge us and punish us. You don't know God. But if you catch a glimpse of his son, the Lord Jesus, the word who was made flesh, you'll understand God and you will love him more and more. As you understand, he loves you infinitely. The word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Would you bow your head with me in prayer, please? Let's pray. Father, it is our desire that this morning we might see Jesus high and lifted up, exalted. We might understand that in the sending of Christ, in the coming of the Savior, we see thy heart and understand thy character. We catch a glimpse of thy personality. We begin to understand this book in the light of Christ Jesus through the lens of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our prayer today is for those who do not know the Savior. Those who still stand at a distance, at arm's length away. Help them to realize that there is no hope of salvation outside of Jesus Christ There is no hope of knowing thee as great God and Father apart from coming through Jesus Christ. May they look a little more carefully today. May we gaze a little longer on the beautiful face of Christ. May our hearts be melted as we understand more of thee by understanding more of him. Help us, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.